Hey, I'm Jenna Wolf, certified lactation counselor, parent coach, and extended breastfeeding mom of two. I fully understand the unique challenges of breastfeeding beyond the baby days, and I'm here to take your hand and support you along your journey. So toss that hair in a messy bun, grab a basket of laundry to fold, and let's get started. This is Start to Stop Toddler Breastfeeding. I can't believe that this is episode 34 of Start to Stop Toddler Breastfeeding. 34 episodes have been put out into the world, right? And uh, the feedback that I've had from all of you incredible listeners listening all over the world has been really humbling, honestly. I, you know, record these episodes in my little bedroom at my little desk in the corner of my bedroom talking to a wall (laughs) and sharing you know, my thoughts and experiences personally, professionally, right, on toddler breastfeeding. And to see how it has impacted you has been really amazing. I have had countless DMs and emails from all of you sharing how you have made changes in your breastfeeding relationship, how you saw like you were in a place that didn't feel good. And now you're in a place that feels good. And whether that's fully weaning or, you know, tandem feeding or whatever the outcome has been. And it's really amazing to hear, to get that feedback and to see all of you flourishing, right? It's really, really awesome. So I just want to thank you. I want to thank all of you for that. And I have a workshop that is coming up very soon. You can get the details in the show notes. And there was probably like a little promo ahead of this intro if you're listening to this kind of the week or two that it it first aired. But if you go to ownyourparentingstory.com forward slash workshop, you can get all the details. And if you're listening to this in the future, that is where I house that link is where I house whatever current workshop I have out. So whether it's a live one or a pre-recorded one, you'll get the details there. So go and check that out. And I'm really excited to have you come and Join live if you're able to. There will be a replay that you can access for a little bit afterwards, too. If, if you can't come live, still register. But I, I really want to set like half an hour to an hour aside at the end of the call just to talk with you guys, hang out, answer your questions. So please come to the class. I I want I want to see you. <laughs> yeah. So all of that aside, I sat down to put together the outline for today's episode. And as always, I am overwhelmed by all of the things I could share and then somehow have a problem coming up with anything to share. (laughs) But once I kind of hit the flow with this episode, it really came together and I'm excited to share it with you. And it was really born out of noticing, um, noticing the world around me talk about breastfeeding after after babyhood. after the first year, really, on Facebook groups and even in parenting books I've read, just a lot of advice given. And in my humble opinion and perspective, it's extremely frustrating to read the advice that is out there. And you'd think after all this time that I wouldn't be frustrated any by it anymore, that I would accept it. But it's just really difficult to see people talk about toddler breastfeeding the ways that they do. So I have outlined three different types of toddler breastfeeding advice that I see 
in the world. <laughs> Whether that is, uh, like I said, on Facebook groups, you know, in parenting books, even really incredible parenting books, or even in breastfeeding groups and, you know, breastfeeding books and support groups and that kind of thing too, which you would think would have really great advice. But again, when it comes to toddler breastfeeding and weaning, I find that these things are often lacking. Not always. And I do want to put that caveat that if you have gotten some advice and you go through these three things and you're like, it wasn't any of those. And that is amazing. And I am so incredibly happy because I'm sure that there is great advice out there. But by and large, the stuff that is really in the like cultural society around us is really rough. <laughs> so I'm going to go through the three types of toddler breastfeeding advice that I see. The first one is behavior-focused advice. So this one surprises me in some ways because it can even come from the most respectful, gentle, you know, emotionally healthy, responsive parenting experts that I, you know, adore. <laughs> there are people that I really consider mentors in the parenting space that when they talk about breastfeeding, they talk about it as if it is a habit, as if it's a behavior. And even if they talk about it very lovingly and, you know, want to say, oh, it makes sense that we're struggling with this, but you just have to tough it out, right? Or you just have to break the habit. You just have to say no and be consistent. That is the behavior-focused advice that is rampant, right? And I, I see, I think that this really happens because in the early 1900s, right, we had a big turn away from breastfeeding. It was a really unique time when it came to infant feeding. And it was really influenced by this new concept in psychology, behavioralism, which really at its core and in its most kind of classic, truest form, behavioralism espouses the belief that everything that we do as human beings is learned because of like punishments and rewards, right? And so with that, and it really, that idea and that concept really got entangled with infant care at that time, right? And so in a lot of ways, we've learned, right? <laughs> and for many decades, really pushed different narratives, at least not in that classic true form of behavioralism, the way that it was in the 20s and 30s and 40s, right? But when I, I find when it comes to breastfeeding toddlers, it's still there. This messaging is stuck. And the attitude towards toddler breastfeeding is often that it is just this remnant, this leftover from when breastfeeding was really important for newborns, right? And so now it's like, oh yeah, we just have to help them let go of breastfeeding. You know, a, a kind of classic example of that advice would be like, you have to break the sleep association with breastfeeding. But to just very quickly dispel that myth that you have to break the breastfeeding quote sleep association, breast milk changes throughout the day. And at night, it is full of sleepy hormones. Now, there are a lot of other things happening too, but just this one little bit when we're just, just talking about breast milk composition. And this is true well into toddlerhood, even if you think you don't produce very much milk at all. When you are breastfeeding at night, your toddler is still 
getting sleepy hormones like tryptophan, the hormone that makes you sleepy after you eat a lot of turkey. (laughs) Right. And so, no, it is not a learned behavior that breastfeeding puts your child to sleep. It is actually a biological tool that you have to put to support your child to sleep. Right. It's you're sharing sleepy hormones with them (laughs) when you're breastfeeding. And now, of course, there's a lot of other components there too, but just that little simple piece can be dispelled so quickly. This advice is behavior-focused advice. It tends to really promote and push this idea that consistency is key. Stay firm until your child stops asking. This idea that, you know, breastfeeding is really this habit or this like leftover piece. And you just have to, when when you're ready to let go of it, you just let go of it. And that's that. And a lot of times it is really kind of prioritizing the parents' needs, right? And not necess- not really understanding breastfeeding physiology and how that supports the child's needs. And I will say, too, that breastfeeding physiology absolutely can support and does support parents' needs, too. So I don't want to I don't want to claim that that's not true. But for today's purposes, I'm not really going to focus on that because I think a lot of times we don't focus on that. (laughs) But that is the first type of toddler breastfeeding advice that I see that is problematic. The second type I call fantasy focused. So fantasy focused breastfeeding advice for toddlers and weaning advice for toddlers really understands and recognizes that breast milk is incredible, right? That it is marvelous and miraculous and it just teeming with so many incredible, amazing things. And it is. I don't want to say that it isn't, right? But it's gone so far to say that it is normal and good and therefore trying to stop it at any moment is bad. So you have this behavioral focus, which just says, well, you just need to stop it, right? And then you have this fantasy focus, which just like, you never stop it. <laughs> and the fantasy focus, it's almost this this perception that breastfeeding and will ju- will just end or, or unfold at this specific rate if we just fully stay out of its way. So you fully stay out of its way and the child's going to breastfeed until they don't need it anymore. And that will be the end. And you know, and then it becomes stepping in the way of that process is somehow immoral or wrong or harmful to your child. And I really push back on that narrative. Now, I'm I'm always cautious to push back on this narrative because I really believe that we do need to spread the message about how cool and amazing and normal, biologically normal, breastfeeding a toddler is, breastfeeding a preschooler is, even breastfeeding a school-age child, the six, seven-year-old, right? Like, it's normal. And it's an innate function of your body and their body, right? This isn't something that we've conjured up or created. So we need to, and and the breast milk is still important. So that needs to be shared because I think that if more parenting experts who, again, I consider mentors and love and adore understood that they might be giving different advice, but they don't. And that's okay. So from this fantasy focus perspective, though, that becomes like the primary message, really the only message. And what I think it's not recognizing, in the same way that behavioral-focused advice isn't recognizing, you know, the composition and the normalcy of toddler breastfeeding and the importance and how much it's doing, right? Fantasy-focused advice doesn't recognize the internal experience of the parent and how that is affecting the breastfeeding relationship. Because the reality is, is that 
your child might be getting so much amazingness from breast milk and the fact that they're still breastfeeding is wise and good. Don't get me wrong. But external forces will turn up the dial on the frequency and duration of breastfeeding. And it can also turn down the dial on the frequency and duration of breastfeeding. And we need to be aware of that. Also, your internal experience matters. How you feel matters. That's part of those external forces that are having an impact on your child's frequency and duration of breastfeeding and emotional intensity around breastfeeding. So we can't just pretend that that doesn't exist, right? It doesn't serve the parent-child relationship if we pretend that that doesn't exist. The same way that pretending that the benefits of breastfeeding don't exist doesn't serve the parent-child relationship. Yeah, this is tends to be the fantasy-focused advice, tends to be, you know, surrender, this too shall pass. You just have to accept these hardships and accept that right now this is your fate, but it's not going to last forever. That's the kind of advice that fantasy-focused advice sounds like, right? So then there's a third type of advice that I see. And this advice, it could fall into one of the other categories of advice. But a lot of times, these are from people who get it. They understand that breastfeeding is really great and has a lot of great things about it. They understand that, you know, the the parent relationship or the parent's experience matters. And this advice I call overly generalized advice. This worked for me, so this is the way that it's it's going to work for you, right? There was a quote I heard the other day that was like, if you want to understand or if you want to know what a person is thinking, ask that person what other people are thinking right? Because we tend to project our experience onto everybody else. And so we assume that everyone else is thinking the same way that we are or thinking the same thing that we are in a lot of cases, right? It's, it's projection. And that that happens. So this is when we get these prescriptive methods of breastfeeding or weaning or night weaning or, you know, saying no or whatever it is. Things like the pull-off method, shortening feeds over time, just every day shorten the feed this much and then eventually you'll be done, right? Or the delay feeds over time. So if you just keep pushing it off for another 10 minutes overnight, then eventually you're going to have a full night without feeds. You could put band-aids on your nipples or you know, use this weaning storybook, whether that is ones that are published or ones you've written, or take a weekend away without your child. And then, you know, when you come back, they just won't ask for it anymore. And I will say that some of those methods are riskier than others, have the potential for some, you know, not great side effects. Uh, And some of them are, are awesome. But they're awesome for some families at some times, right? Here is the reality, is that every single breastfeeding family is unique. Breastfeeding and toddlerhood does so much more than just comfort or than just providing nutrition or than just anything. And so if we're going to assume that we know why this child is breastfeeding, then we've got problems. (laughs) That's what these kind of overgeneralized pieces of advice do. They assume that they know why that child is breastfeeding or what's really happening in that family. And so then that family takes on that piece of advice and tries it out. But it's not actually meeting the need underneath. It's not the right fit for them. And so that leaves everyone more frustrated. And more often than not, that family that took that advice feels like they're broken, their kids are broken, something's something's definitely wrong with them. And instead of saying, well, maybe that advice just wasn't 
like supporting us in the way that we need to be supported right now, it tends to be just that self-blame, right? Like it's me, it's my kid. And then a lot of times, unfortunately, the people who are giving the overgeneralized advice will often say things like, well, you weren't being consistent enough, right? (laughs) You just didn't do it right. But I know families and have known families who haven't had their child breastfeed for months, in some cases over a year. And that child still asks to breastfeed frequently and will tantrum even when they're told no. So I really, really want to drive home the message that simply removing the act of breastfeeding isn't isn't the the problem or the goal. (laughs) Because those families have been consistent for a really long time. And they've done the thing, the prescriptive thing. And it's it's even worked to stop the child from actually breastfeeding. But everyone's exhausted and burnt out and it didn't really meet the need, right? The child's still asking to breastfeed and there's a reason. There's a reason. It's not just a habit to ask, right? We're more than just you know our, a bunch of learned responses. We absolutely are. But for some reason, when it comes to breastfeeding, that can be a hard, like that that paradigm and that understanding hasn't fully hit <laughs> this area yet. So there was the behavior-focused approach. There was the fantasy-focused approach to advice, the overgeneralized approach to advice. And I just find that all of those pieces, they miss the mark and they don't really help. It doesn't serve you. It doesn't serve your child. So why do I still have hope? (laughs) What do I suggest that you do? And I believe that even though most of the advice, perhaps all of the advice that you've been given about your toddler breastfeeding is wrong, there is still hope. And that is because all of those things exist outside of you. All of that bad advice, it's, it's external. It doesn't exist with you, like inside of you or inside of your child. Your body knew how to produce breast milk. You didn't have to program your body, right? You didn't have to do anything. Your body started that process all on its own. And now there absolutely are situations and cases where there's something amiss and that doesn't happen, but it's it's pretty rare, right? And if you're breastfeeding your toddler, then you produce breast milk, right? <laughs> even if you had to get things sorted a little bit at the beginning. Uh, we, we could even say your, your child, your bodies know how to grow and change over time. Your child's body grows, right? Like there's so much happening innately within you, within your child and within your relationship that has nothing to do with the opinions or, you know, prescriptive ideas and advice from others. So that means that you can turn off that noise, even though it's hard. And I know. And maybe this is the first time that you've ever really thought about it as noise and thought about the fact that it's external. Or maybe you know that and you've known that for a really long time, but it's still hard. And I get that. I absolutely understand. So it's really about tuning that noise externally, right? Because then you can tune back into yourself and there's wisdom there. There is wisdom in the way your body's functioning, even unconsciously. But there is even wisdom in your own limiting beliefs and in your own thoughts and ideas, even the negative ones. There's wisdom there. 
And I don't have time to really deep dive that right now, but that's something I really talk about in Own Your Breastfeeding Story, my group coaching program. It's something I often really support my clients with. And that's it's just even if it all feels too much right now, even if you feel lost and confused, there is a pathway forward and the answers are truly inside of you. I called this upcoming workshop, Design Your Own Pathway to Toddler Breastfeeding Mastery. And I called it that because it's you and your relationship with your child. It's you that is there with your child, moment by moment, day by day, right? I'm not there with you. Your mom isn't there with you every single moment, right? Maybe you live with, I don't know, but typically speaking, you know, that's often the voice we have in our ear as a mom or a best friend or, you know, whomever, mother-in-law, boss, whatever it is. But they're not there with you. Not even the author of the latest parenting book is there with you in those moments with your child, right? And community is important. But if that community doesn't value your wisdom, they aren't setting you up for success, right? They're just telling you what to do. And then the moment that they're not there anymore, you don't know what to do. (laughs) So you want support from a community and advice from people who truly value you and who believe that you are wise so that, right, the advice isn't telling you what to do or it shouldn't really be telling you what to do. The advice should be, here is how you can tap into your wisdom and trust yourself more and believe in yourself more, right? Because when you can do that, then it doesn't matter the task in front of you. You'll be able to navigate it. So I hope that the support that I can offer you is support to help you believe in and access and trust your wisdom and trust your child. Because I believe that that will empower you when you are on the third hour of the midnight breastfeeding marathon. And when you are at the park and your child's pulling on your shirt, that's what's going to empower you even years after you're done weaning, being able to access that. Because with all of the research and with all of the understanding of all of the things that we have right now, what keeps resonating as true and what really served parents for so many hundreds and thousands of years is your relationship with your child, right? It's your knowing. It's your ability to recognize the needs in the moment and meet them. That's what will carry you through. And that's the best advice that I can give you. And that is why I believe that there is still hope. (laughs) It's just ultimately so clear to me how much hope there is for each and every one of you listening in your breastfeeding relationship, even when it feels hopeless. And I would love for you to join me at the upcoming live workshop. You can get all those details and register at the link in the show notes. Otherwise, I will, I will catch you all next week. If you loved this episode, make sure you hit that subscribe button so that you don't miss any episodes in the future. Also, check out my breastfeeding toddler communication guide and cheat sheet to learn how to say no to the feed while still saying yes to the need at www.ownyourparentingstory.com forward slash guide.
And that concludes another episode of Start to Stop Toddler Breastfeeding. The theme song is Little Balloon by Jenny and Tyler. And it has been a pleasure to share this time with you. I'll catch you in the next episode.